Hallelujah. We serve the almighty God. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I think that feels good. I think somebody ought to shout and give God a great praise. If God's just all right to you, just give him an all right praise. But if God's been great, I think we ought to shout and give God a great praise. Hallelujah. God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord here today to be in the presence of God with God's people. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6. How many enjoyed that service we had on Sunday with Brother Polar? Praise God. He preached such a tremendous word and uh, just a very encouraging word. And I love how God will speak to us right where we are. And uh, there's always a word fitly spoken. Amen. It's also good to have, amen, I'll put it this way, Brother Kenneth and Sister Angelina. They were baptized in Jesus' name on Sunday, and it's also good to have Kenneth Sr., amen, just a little bit, you know, just a little senior, not much, not much ahead. I, I said, is that your brother or is that your father, amen, but it's good to have you in the house of the Lord. He's visiting from Queens, New York, and we're glad to have him in the house of the Lord, and uh, we want this to be your home whenever you come to Carson City, amen. Praise God. The book of Matthew chapter 6. In verse number 12, in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, and forgive us our debts, everybody say as, in proportion to, as we forgive our debtors or those that are indebted to us, skipping to verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, everybody say if, conditional. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will, everybody say will, will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That is one of the most serious verses in the entire Bible. Amen. And I want to continue on our series of Holy Habits, part four. And I want to talk to us tonight about this word, forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. Amen. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands as we pray as a church? Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for everything that you've been speaking to us and imparting into our DNA, God, and teaching us. Lord, I believe that this is one of the most preeminent things in the entire Bible, God. And I pray that this would get down so deep into who we are, God, that it becomes manifested in who we are as a people, God, that people would see this manifested in our life and they would glorify you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Forgiveness. Woo, this is a this is a heavy one here tonight. I'm going to do my best to try to plumb the depths of forgiveness. 
but I don't know if I ever could fully plumb the depths of this. Uh, this is what I'm going to talk about tonight. It's one of the most powerful things in the entire Word of God. Think about it for just a moment. We are in the church today because we are forgiven. Hallelujah. We have come to church because we were looking for forgiveness. This whole thing is built upon the concept of forgiveness. Jesus died upon a cross, rose again the third day so that you and I could be forgiven. Man, forgiveness is a big deal. Forgiveness is defined as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or a group who has harmed you, regardless of whether or not they actually deserve your forgiveness. Now, that's a lot easier said than done, because anybody that's been in that position where they are needing to give out forgiveness knows what it is to be hurt, to be offended, to have some level of suffering, and forgiveness is a lot easier said than done. Read an article a little bit ago in regards to forgiveness from PragerU. They talked about human forgiveness because, of course, you've got to define out the difference between God's forgiveness and our forgiveness. Amen. God's forgiveness, we'll talk about it here in a minute, is a lot better than our forgiveness. But when we talk about human forgiveness, it actually embodies three different things, each of which applies to different situations, and it provides different results. The three types of forgiveness that they found amongst humanity are these three, exoneration, forbearance, and release. Number one, exoneration is the closest to what we usually think of when we say the word forgiveness, especially when we're the one needing forgiveness. When we say we need forgiveness or we want forgiveness, we want exoneration. This is the closest to what God does for us. Exoneration is wiping the slate entirely clean and restoring a relationship to the full state of innocence that it had before the harmful actions took place. That's the way that God forgives you and I. God forgives us, amen, and he looks at us as if it never happened. He said, I take your iniquities and your sins and I cast them as far as the east is from the west. Uh, amen. God chooses to forget when we have wronged him when we repent. God chooses to wash the slate clean. The Bible says he blots it out, amen, with his own blood. Are you thankful for God's forgiveness in the house of the Lord? Amen. That is also a level of forgiveness which we have the capacity for because we are created in the image of God. But the second level or the second part of human forgiveness is the word forbearance. Forbearance applies when the offender makes a partial apology or mingles their expression of sorrow with a little bit of blame for you as well. Anybody ever experienced that? Well, I, maybe you've never experienced it, but I'm sure every one of us has given that kind of uh, that kind of apology. You know, I'm sorry, but you're really the problem. Uh, oh well, maybe that's just me. Amen. An apology is offered, but it's not what you would hope for. 
and you may not even, it may not even be fully authentic. You know, uh, a practice that we all learned as kids is you had to say you're sorry. But anybody that ever had siblings, you know you were just trying to get out of getting a spanking or out of getting in trouble. You just said, I'm sorry, with a little sneer on your face because you was not really sorry. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, this is how many of us have carried apologies into our future. We have carried the simple words of apology as if that immediately means everything is okay, everything's all right, I don't need to do anything else on my part. I said I'm sorry uh, for punching you in the face and giving you a black eye, so just get over it. Well, nobody else had siblings, that's just me. Um, you know, my sister, we, we always joked, she was not the sharpest crayon in the box. Uh, but, you know, I guess we're related, so there's something said about me as well. Uh, but there's so many things I used to do to my sister. Uh, and, and, you know, one time we had, we, had, we had her super glue her fingers to her face. And, um, you know, we said, just put this on your fingers and put your hands to your face. And, and uh, you know, she was older than me, but not smarter than me. It's all right. Still got it. Amen. And so she, she did this. We convinced her that this was just a great idea. I don't know how we did it, but we did it all the time. And uh, my dad, she starts screaming because she can't get her hands off her face. And she starts screaming. And my dad says, stop screaming. Tell me what happened. And get your hands off your face. And she didn't get her hands off her face. She kept screaming. So what do you do? He took her hands and pulled them off of her face. And, uh, and of course, then he realized what happened. So he said, you need to say you're sorry. And so my sister got fingerprints still left on her face. And I looked at her and I said, I'm sorry. But I wasn't really sorry. I was laughing, and I still laugh about it to this day. It's the same sister that during the wintertime we convinced her to stick her tongue to the pole as we're waiting for the school bus. I got more stories than we got time. Uh, and, and she did it because it was a great idea, only to find out that she couldn't get undone. And we hopped on the bus and waved goodbye as the bus driver called my mother. And I said later, I'm sorry, but I didn't really mean it. It didn't change anything. And that's how many of us have taken apologies into our future. Amen. And we have put the burden on other people to just get over it. Well, unfortunately, this leads to this human forgiveness called forbearance, where we look at the apology and we realize it's not very authentic. They didn't really mean it. And although we should reflect on when somebody says, I'm sorry, but you know, you're also part to blame, I think we should always reflect on what part of something we have blame because this is a this is a dance and it takes two to dance and and we all have parts where we have fallen short and we should always reflect upon our own personal responsibility when something goes awry or something in the relationship goes wrong um, I think that that's something we should do but when we are on the other side when we are the one that have been done wrong and we are looking at what has gone wrong and somebody comes to us with this it's in our nature this kind of forbearance where all we are doing is we're not washing the slate clean we are not saying as if it never happened we are using forbearance we have just made it up in our mind that we are going to cease to dwell on the particular offense we are going to get away from the idea of grudges and this fantasy we've had with revenge. We are going to retain a degree of watchfulness even though we have no longer revenge on our mind. We're still going to keep both eyes open. 
This is where we've gotten phrases like this in our world. Forgive, but don't forget. Trust, but verify. By using forbearance, you are able to maintain ties to people who, while far from perfect, are still important to you and you want to keep the relationship going. Furthermore, in some cases, after a sufficient period where you have deemed they've got good behavior, forbearance can rise to exoneration and create full forgiveness. Again, I'm talking about human forgiveness, not God's forgiveness. Amen. There's some people that they have done things and they want it to just be wiped clean. I know I might be the only one that's ever felt that. Said something that you can't take back, done something you can't take back, and you wish that they would just act as if it never happened. I know that we would like that to be the case when we've done wrong to somebody else. But how often has somebody done something wrong to you and you don't want to let it go? And you've still got a grudge. And you've still got something going on. That's, that's the real story. We all want to be forgiven, but not very many of us want to forgive. Everybody wants to receive it, but not very many people want to give it. And so when we talk about the second level, this forbearance. It's I care enough about this relationship or this individual to just bear with them, even though they didn't really apologize, even though they didn't really make it right. But I'm still going to keep one eye open because I'm looking for the next opportunity that they might hurt me so I can put up my guard and put up my defense and put up my walls as quick as possible. I've seen this happen in marriages. Hallelujah. Well, I came to teach tonight. I hope that's all right. I've seen this happen in marriages where people, they just get to the place where they tolerate one another. They forbear with one another. They're just simply uh, at this place where they, they have... They, they, they are always, they've always got a knife in one hand <laughs> where they're ready if it comes to dueling, they're ready for it. Uh, they're ready for a, an attack. They're ready to put up their shield and their sword. These are the people that go to bed with their armor on. Hallelujah. Well, don't we didn't fight through the night, but you kept your sword right by your side. And uh, I'll move off that in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, number three, number three, everybody say release. Release is the third level of human forgiveness. And this is used in the cases of forgiveness that are the most challenging. When a person who hurt you doesn't even acknowledge that they've done anything wrong or they give an obviously insincere apology, they make no reparations whatsoever. These are extreme examples where it's as if there can be no relationship after what they have just done. These extreme examples are such of survivors of child abuse that, that have no more, uh, the, no more connection with the parent. These are divorcees who have been cheated on by their partners. These are friends or relatives who have been betrayed by one another. Release does not exonerate the offender, nor does it require forbearance. All release does is it doesn't even require that you continue on in the relationship. Release means what it means. You release the individual. 
it does ask that instead of continuing to define your life in terms of hurt that's been done unto you, you release those bad feelings. You release your preoccupation with negative things that have happened to you. When you release, you are releasing something that is critically important. It allows you to let go of the burden. There's people that you need to understand that sometimes this is a forgiveness and it's acceptable. That you are allowed to forgive somebody by releasing them. Because when you let go of that burden, and I'm not talking about being rude to somebody, being mean to somebody, or getting revenge. In fact, it's the opposite. You have released this individual because you don't want to keep paying the silent tax that's weighing you down and eating away at your life. If you don't release the pain, release the anger, and move past dwelling on old hurts and old betrayals, you will continue to allow the ones that hurt you to live rent-free in your mind and in your heart, uh, reliving forever the persecution of the original incident upon you. Uh, if you live in this way where you hold on to that pain and you hold on to that frustration and you hold on to that hurt, uh, you will bleed on people that did not cut you. Well, if you don't learn how to release some people, if you don't learn how to release some feelings and just let it go. Can I help somebody here today to just let some things go? Uh, let me help you understand it. Uh, amen. Forgiveness is not in our nature. It's not part of who we are. You've got to teach people to forgive. But I'll tell you what is in our nature. Uh, amen. Nature of uh, bitterness. Uh, the nature of resentment. Uh, the nature of of hating one another, uh, the nature of letting things affect us to the place where we can't go forward from it. Amen. We're so bound to the past uh, that we can't have a future. I want to tell you, when you hold on to things, that's what you're doing. When we don't release, when we don't let some things go, what's happening is now it's becoming a part of our identity. Amen. I want to help this generation. We are living in the victim culture. He or she or they, whatever they want to call them, Amen. Is now the victim. And whoever is the greatest victim wins. And so what do they do? They tally up all of their victim points and they carry it around like a Boy Scout with badges. And they want to wear it all around to let everybody know just how down and out they are. The problem is it's become their identity. And, and let me help you here today. God has never wanted uh, anything that ever goes wrong in your life to be your identity. Let me help you here today. You might have had all these things happen to you, but that's not your identity, honey. That's your testimony. It only becomes your identity when you don't let it go, when you don't release it, when you don't forgive it, when you don't just move on from it. Uh, amen. It becomes your identity when it follows you. Uh, amen. From your previous marriage into your next marriage, when it follows you from one relationship to your next relationship. It only becomes your identity when it follows you from one church into your next church. Uh, amen. It's not the last church that was the problem. Uh, there's some things you didn't let go of. Well... I came to teach, but I might as well preach. Uh, I want to help somebody today. If you don't let some things go, you will carry it on into your future, and your identity has been set. 
Let me just pastor for a moment. I know people, they bring things into the church. Listen, we are a hospital. Just let me help you here today. We are a hospital, and there are sick people at the hospital. Hallelujah. We're a gym, and there's fat people at the gym. Hallelujah. Amen. We are, we are full of people that are, both, that are broken, that have been damaged. Amen. But I want to tell you the difference between us and the rest of the world. What we are doing is we are looking to make and help people get better. Hallelujah. That might have been your identity when you walked in the building, but by the grace of God, it's not going to be your identity by the time you leave the building. That is what happened to you, but that is not you. That is what you went through, but that is not you. You can let it go. Well, pastor, that sounds real, real good for everybody else, but you just don't know. Let me just tell you here, amen, this is something I've had to live my life through, amen. I refuse, uh, amen, to have a label of victimhood over my life. Hallelujah. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Hallelujah. Amen. But this, this releasing, this letting go, amen, it's, it's, it's important, amen. You need to be able to do this as well. The ideal... The ideal is to wipe the slate clean. That's the biblical ideal. That's God's ideal. This is turning the other cheek. Amen. It's not the easy way. It's the right way. That's the ideal. And there's people that would expect that of everybody. Amen. If they're the offender. But they're not willing to give it if they're the one doing the offending. Amen. Forgiveness is not in our nature it is a learned behavior it is a learned habit let me help you here today failing to forgive has been the end of marriages the end of ministries the end of families the end of employment and the end of churches people don't fall out of love they fall out of forgiveness they stop forgiving and they start getting bitter and they start getting resentful and they start looking at each other with, with a little bit of disdain. And there's these little, little hints and these little moments. We learned about it even in our marriage seminar that we had. Uh, it was just that little subtle uh, rolling of the eyes. It was that little subtle thing that they were able to predict 60% of whether or not marriages would succeed or fail. They did an entire study on thousands of marriages, and that's what they found. It was just that little rolling of the eyes. It's that little bit of resentment. It's what's happening. It's in that moment. Uh, they are choosing, amen, not to forgive, not to, uh, amen, wipe the slate clean, not to forbear and just to bear with them and not to just release them, amen, even though we're not saying that it's okay. We're not... Uh, let me help you here today. Uh, when we talk about forgiveness, amen, there are two types of forgiveness in our text here today. There is the forgiveness of God, and then there's the forgiveness of man. Amen. There's two parts of this. Amen. But both of them are conditional. Well, you need to be a Christian. You just need to be a Christian. Well, let's talk about Jesus for a moment. Even God's forgiveness is conditional. I mean, let me just talk about God's forgiveness for a moment. Mark chapter 2, he told the man that was sick of the palsy that he healed, I forgive you, you're forgiven. And he let him know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. God will forgive you. 
1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalms chapter 130 verse 4 says, There is forgiveness with you that you might be feared. In other words, that you might be honored, that you might be respected, that you might be obeyed. We have been forgiven so that we can have the reverence of God to be able to forgive other people. God's forgiveness is immediate. God's forgiveness is complete. Amen. But God's forgiveness is still conditional. As you pray, he said, you will say, Lord, forgive us our debts as an equal proportion to my ability through this prayer meeting to forgive somebody else that has wronged me. Jesus told them, amen, that if you forgive, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. Can I help you here today that when you and I choose to forgive, uh, we are investing in our own salvation. Uh, when we make the decision to forgive, when we make the decision to forgive, whether it be wiping the slate completely clean uh, or forbearing with them and saying, uh, I'm going to give them mercy and I'm going to give them grace, uh, or to say, I release it, uh, I'm not going to dwell on it anymore. I'm just going to let it go. Uh, amen. We are investing uh, in the forgiveness that God has promised to us. Amen. So that's God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness requires the condition that we forgive. And, and there's, listen, that's, that's a part of the Bible that people don't agree with, but it's in there. Well, I just, God will just forgive me, and I don't have to, I don't ever have to deal with that feeling that I have against that person. You know, and there's people, listen, that are in church, that get offended with people in church, and they don't forgive, and they think they're going to dance on streets of gold with that person. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because if you don't forgive that person, God's not going to forgive you. Woo. Let's go to Mark chapter 11, verse 25, if you get your Bibles. So you don't think I'm just cherry picking one verse. I got many. And when you stand praying, let me help somebody that, 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 that prayer is multifaceted, it's not one dimensional. Prayer is not just, I go to God because I have a need. He fulfills my need. Prayer is not just vertical between you and God. Prayer is also horizontal. Because the moment you and I start talking to God, God is going to start talking to us about us and about our relationships with other people. Amen. I want to help you here today. Every time I go to pray uh, about my, my marriage or I go to pray about people, God doesn't speak to me about them. Amen. He might give me insight. He might give me wisdom. That happens. But he doesn't tell me, you know what they need to do? You ain't listening to God. You're listening to the accuser of the bread. You know what your wife needs to do? There's some men that think they heard from God this week. No, you didn't. That was a fortune cookie from Panda Express. Take it back. Take it back. Just going to save you a fight tonight. Praise God. You're going to lose, brother. But I never pray. And God says, you know, what, you know what your wife needs to do? Yeah, that's what she needs to do. I'm like, yeah, God, get her. Now, that's what I do when I think. Come on, somebody. Don't leave me out here by myself. I'm walking on water. I'm drowning. I, I might drive down the road and be thinking, you know what she needs to do? Because, you know, you, you know, you all think pastors just, we never fight. No, we never fight. We just, we just disagree quietly. Hallelujah. No, we, we, we just like everybody else. We fight. We disagree. We argue because we're human. 
and the two are becoming one. And if it was a bloody process when God ripped the rib from Adam, it's going to be a bloody process where God smashes them back together. Amen. It's going to, it's, listen, it's not going to be a 50-50. It's 100-100, and God's going to somehow make that 100 all 100. Amen. He's going to take both parts and it's going to be an excruciating process, but it's a good process. It's a holy process. It's an exciting process, if you're real, be honest with it. Amen. But but when I get down to pray, amen, God's not like, you know what your wife needs to do? You know what he says? This is what you need to do as a husband. You need to stop thinking like that. You need to stop talking like that. You need to stop acting like that. You know, that wasn't very kind. That wasn't very sweet. In other words, when you pray, God's going to deal with you about you, and then God's going to deal with you about how you treat other people. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm out here on the water. I'm having fun now. I'm, I'm water skiing right now. Amen. It's good. But I love when people tell me, well, God, God spoke to me. I got a word. I, I got a, well, God gave me a word about uh, what color socks to wear today. And God gave me a word about this, that, and the other. But God never spoke to them to apologize. And God never spoke to them to make things right. And God never spoke to them about their offended spirit. And God, whoo, well, I'll come back here. Praise God. I'll be safe. He said, when you stand praying now he's going to deal with your relationships to those that have wronged you when you stand praying forgive listen if forgiveness is not part of your prayer life you don't have a prayer life because 75 percent of the reason we 25 percent of the reason is just having a communication with god where we tell god what we have need of and god helps us amen and and we're connected with god maybe 50 percent amen but the other 50 percent is saying god that person really messed with me and i don't really like that amen and god's going to deal with me about me and god's going to deal with me about how i handle the situation he said when you stand praying forgive and if you have ought or a problem with somebody else uh, amen he said if you have ought against any that your Father which in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Amen. He said you got to forgive them if you have ought against anybody. Amen. So that your Father which is in heaven can forgive you because it's conditional. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. When you stand to pray and say, God, forgive me, and you know you messed up. You know you didn't do what was right, and you know you did what was wrong, and you want God to come by with his blood and with his mercy and absolutely forgive you, amen, but you keep holding against somebody else the wrong they brought against you, uh, amen. I want to tell you, you might as well stop praying because God stopped listening a while ago uh, because God's going to say you need to pray, and when you pray, you need to forgive, and as you forgive that individual, I want to tell you, you can get forgiveness from God. Praise God. Luke chapter 17 and verse number 3, if you have your Bibles. Luke chapter 17 and verse number 3. Take heed to yourselves if thy brother trespass against you. You know what trespassing is for all my hunters in the house of the Lord? It's what you do every year. <laughs> I swear it was public land. I didn't know. <laughs> well, it's all right. Praise God. So trespassing is just that. But instead of property... It's somebody else. And it shocks me how many people don't understand the concept of boundaries. Hallelujah. We set boundaries because we want people to know that this is where my land starts and stops. And that's where your land stands and starts. Now, you can't judge somebody for where they put their boundary. They might put their boundary way out here. Well, I just want to be I want to be I want to be on their front porch. That ain't where the fence is. Go to the fence. 
But there's people that trespass. They want to sit on the porch, so they, they just jump the barbed wire fence. And they sit down on the porch, amen, and then, then somebody has to come out with a shotgun and say, get off my porch. you got to get out of my land because you're trespassing. Well, I don't know why they have a problem with me. Well, I'll tell you why. You're trespassing. <laughs> I know this is too simple tonight. It's all right. What does the Bible say? If they trespass against you, ooh, this is a part people don't like. Rebuke them. Well, you're just supposed to just, just let it go. Just never say anything. That's not Christianity. Hallelujah. People think, oh, it just, we're just punching bags for Jesus. No, we're not. Listen, you've got to know the hood we came from. Praise God. Some of us are a work in progress. But you've you, you got to remember, if, you, if somebody trespasses against you, it would, be, it would, it would not be uh, in their best interest or in your best interest to not let them know. If the fence is all the way out there and they're on your porch, let them know. Uh, I just want to let you know before you come on the porch without an invitation, you got to go to the gate. When you go to the gate, you can ask for permission and I'll bring you on to the porch. That's where I put my boundary. That's where I put my line. In other words, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to reaffirm to you where the boundary is. Amen. And if he repent, if, everybody say if, forgive him. Forgive him. And if he trespass against thee, hey, this is where it's going to get tough. Seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, he returns again to you saying, I repent. What do you got to do? You got to forgive him. But in that forgiveness process, you redirect them to where the boundary is. Now, they might keep crossing the boundary it's not your, your responsibility to grab your shotgun out and get ready to blast them because that's how some people live their Christianity. They get ready to just knock somebody over. It's your job to let them know where the boundary is, rebuke them, and if they repent, you forgive them, and they come back. You reset the boundary, and this time it might be you maybe set a little further boundary so that way they're not trespassing. Hallelujah. If the boundary is all the way at the is, is all the way in the yard, but you you realize they keep coming past that one, you might need to move the boundary a little further out to the to the to the to the, to the uh, parcel line uh, and say that's the new boundary. Uh, so that way, even if they do cross it over, it doesn't offend you anymore. Uh, I want to help you here today. If you're going to live for God, if you're going to be in the church, the church is full of people. That's, that's a hard one right there. The church is full of people, and when you have people, you have problems. And this is why people can't make it in the church at times, because they, 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 they love worship. They love getting a, a hold of a, a, a great preaching or a great sermon, but they have troubles when it comes to dealing with other people. But I want to tell you, if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to make heaven your home, amen, even Jesus uh, didn't do this without people. He was crucified by people. Amen. Paul was stoned and stoned to death by people. Stephen was stoned to death by people. This is going to involve people. But the beautiful thing is, when we get to heaven, uh, we won't be the only ones standing there. Uh, we will be there with other people. Somebody give God some praise here tonight. Amen. He said, if they come to you seven times a day, what, what's your job? To forgive them. Now, forgiveness is not always we just wipe the slate clean and it's all done and as if it never happened because we're not dumb. We are not blind. We know you trespassed to me seven times a day. But I'm not going to use that as a way to get back at you. 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to keep redirecting you, and I might need to I might need to set a little further boundary for you, amen, because I want to make sure that we keep any level of relationship that we can keep, I want to keep it. And this is what the apostle said. You ready for this? And the apostle said unto the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Man, I felt that one in my soul. Yeah, if you never dealt with people, you don't, you've never prayed that. But when God says you got to forgive them, seven. Peter asked him one time, "How many times shall I, my brother, offend me?" And I forgive him seven times. He sounded real great. Hey, I thought I got this all together. Seven times, perfect number. He said seventy times seventy. So he starts counting. 400, uh, 490 times. That wasn't what Jesus was saying. He didn't say grab your calculator. What is he saying? For the same offense, it's your job to consistently forgive. He didn't say it was easy. That's why the apostles, when Jesus told them this, they said, Lord, increase our faith. I know people, they got faith for cancer to be healed, and they got faith for uh, a mighty revival, and we've got faith for all that stuff. And they got faith for this to happen and that to happen. But let me read the rest of the context uh, because the Bible says, and the Lord said, if you have the faith the size of, the, of a grain of mustard seed. You ever heard that before? He said, you can say unto them out and be thou removed. He said on this one, uh, amen, he says, you can say to the sycamine tree, uh, be thou plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Uh, we use faith for all sorts of things, but I want to tell you, it takes faith to forgive people. Well, hallelujah. It takes faith to forgive people. You need to pray this every day. God, give me the faith to forgive and he said even if you have faith the size of a mustard seed he said it's enough you can speak unto that which has been deep rooted can I help somebody here today you can have things that have been propagated against you that have got roots that go so far down in your life and down in your past and you can say I, I, I don't know how I'm going to get past it but you can pray that God would give you faith to forgive all of that and God will help you to uproot all of that amen to where it no longer affects you it no longer bothers you it's not even that's what God can do when you get the faith to forgive it doesn't matter what they've done to you done against you lied about you whatever they propagated against you they planted in your heart and planted in your life uh, God will give you the faith uh, to be able to forgive that individual oh somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord I'm almost done here tonight hallelujah come on let's pray for just a moment Somebody pray it now. God, give me faith. God, faith, not, not, not faith to move the mountains of, uh, 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 of challenging situations. God, I, I know I can give that. Uh, Lord, not, not even the faith uh, uh, to heal the sick or to raise the dead. God, I know that's possible. You said greater work shall you do. Amen. You said these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Uh, uh, God, not faith to cast out devils. You already gave that to us. But God, increase our faith uh, to where we can forgive those that have rooted themselves in our lives. Let me help you understand this scripture here tonight. Forgiveness is not excusing things. So that some people say, well, we'll just, just excuse it. It's not what that verse is talking about. Forgiveness is not making light of things. Forgiveness is not a failure to draw boundaries. When you forgive, you can still set the boundaries. In fact, you can forgive someone without experiencing one of the fruits of forgiveness, which is this word called reconciliation. Everybody say reconciliation. See, when we want forgiveness, what do we want? We want reconciliation. We want the relationship to be as it was before it was broken. 
But did you know that that's not required? Reconciliation is when we bring somebody back into our heart, back into our life. Reconciliation is a fruit of forgiveness. And it's something that the Bible does say we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Our job should be to look for opportunities to reconcile. But reconciliation is an act that both parties must work on. And let's be honest for a moment. You might be willing to work on reconciliation, but the other party is not. You forgive them anyways. Amen. Or it might be that they have wronged you, and it's not that you are cutting them off. It's not that you are being rude. In fact, this is not retaliatory at all. If it's that, then this is nothing more than revenge. Uh, but we're not talking about revenge. We're talking about forgiveness, uh, where you recognize that, that, that these boundaries, I'm going to keep forgiving you if you keep crossing them, but there comes a point where I am not required to keep this particular relationship going. Amen. Even Jesus... When he was, when he was uh, teaching, he said, turn the other cheek. If they slap you, turn to the other cheek. But he never said you have to stay in the room and keep getting beat on. Let me help you here today. There's some people that, that they, they think, well, it's just my Christian duty to get beat up by everybody. No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, there, there's, there's sometimes that you have to limit because it's what's best. It's what's right. You have to limit certain people in your life because it is what's right for you and for your family, for your mental health, for your spiritual well-being. And you have to set those boundaries because if not, they're going to keep coming in. Imagine it like this. If you've got uh, a certain amount of food in your house and somebody comes by every day and they take that food, uh, you could keep the doors unlocked if you wanted to and they could keep taking the food and you just, oh, I'm just trying to be a Christian. No, you're being a doormat. You're letting people walk all over you. That's not what Jesus was saying. You can steal from me. I'll forgive you. In fact, you need a little more food. That's the Christian response. I'll give you more if that's what you need. Uh, but but let me tell you what the what the right response would be. The Bible says rebuke them. Set the boundary back out there. Keep forgiving them. Keep loving them. But there is nowhere where it would say don't lock your doors. There's nothing wrong with putting a deterrent there and saying, you know, we're going to have a little bit of space between you and I. Uh, it's not because I'm trying to be retaliatory, but this is not working out. You know, uh, I, I know that this might shock some of you, but even as, uh, as, as a pastor, I have to do this sometimes with people. I have to say, you know what? As Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. What is, that, what is that really saying? He's saying they don't know the value of the pearl that you're putting before them. It's nothing more than, than trash to them. They'll eat it just like they eat anything else. And so you sometimes have to realize you've got a limited amount of pearls, uh, and you've got to get them to people that recognize the value of that pearl. You only have a limited amount, 24 hours in a day. You've got to give time uh, to the people that recognize the value of your time. You give them that time. You only have so much emotional ability and emotional stability that you give to people and you give that to the people that recognize what it is. And when they don't recognize what it is, there's nothing wrong than saying, you keep slapping me in this room, so I'm going to another room. Uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with saying, you keep coming in my house uh, and stealing, even though I set the boundaries. So I'm just going to make sure I put some locks on the doors because honestly, I don't want to hate you. I don't want to have a problem with you. I want to keep forgiving you, but I don't want to have this become between us. Uh, and whatever I got to do to have whatever level of relationship that I can't have I will amen I've had to do this even with my own family I love my family I call my mom I talk to my family but there came a point where they tried to stop me from going to church and I made the decision hey listen if this is going to come between me and God 
going to pick God every time. Now, that doesn't mean I was wrong or I wrote him off or anything like that, but I set a little bit of a distance. I just put the boundary out there, and, uh, and there were certain times where they tried to cross those boundaries. I forgave them, uh, but I just reminded them where the boundary was. Uh, you know, there's just certain things you're not going to do. You're not going to show up to my house uh, and, uh, and, and threaten my family. That's just not going to happen. There's certain times where you have to draw that line, and everybody said amen. In other words, no matter how deep-rooted the hurt is, God can give you the faith to forgive and to uproot it through forgiveness. Amen? But that doesn't mean you have to be a doormat. Matthew chapter 18, if you stand all across the building. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to give you a short. It's verse 21. I'm sorry. Thank you. This is the other part of this. Then Peter came unto him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Until seven times. I'm being a great guy. Jesus says unto him, I say unto you, until, not until seven times, but until 70 times seven. For the same thing. This isn't that they've just done it once. Again, Jesus is not teaching for you to be a doormat and just, uh, and just, just accept it and just allow it to happen. He's saying, you've got to forgive them for this. Even if, even if you lock the doors and they break in through the window, still forgive them. But keep setting the boundary out there. But this is what he says, going back to forgiveness of God being conditional. And he talks, and I'll just summarize this story. You can go back and read it for yourself. He said the king, he, he went to look for all those that owed him money. And when he came to those that owed him money, he found one man that owed him the equivalent of, a, of several hundred million dollars today. And this man recognized he could not pay it back. In fact, the Bible declares he was about to lose his family, his kids. Everybody was about to be sold off to, sold off to slavery. Everybody was about to go to jail. Debtor's prison. And he fell down on his feet. He said, I can't pay you right now. But if you'll just, if you'll just give me a little bit of time, I'll pay you everything. The Bible says he fell down and worshipped him. And the Bible says the king forgave him of all. Wiped his slate completely clean. That's God's forgiveness. If we really recognize how much we owe, you couldn't work your entire lifetime and pay it all. But yet Jesus looks down from heaven. He says, I forgive it all. We come to him and say, I can't pay you. I, I wish I could. And he says, no worries, it's all forgiven. But look at the next part of this. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Guy owed him a couple hundred bucks. He was forgiven. He was bailed out like 2008. <laughs> Some of y'all get that. He was too big to fail. <laughs> they bailed him out, forgiven him all. But he found a guy that just owed him a couple hundred bucks. And he laid his hands on him, not like we do in church. You know. Grabbed him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant did the exact same thing, fell down at his feet beside him saying, have patience with me. Because that's the real story. Even if they trespass against you 70 times, seven in one day for the same thing, have patience. Because some people are learning boundaries. When they come into church, they're learning. Have patience with them. And I'll pay you all. Eventually, I'm going to get it right. <laughs> just have patience. Please, just forgive me. But he would not. And he went and cast him into prison that he, until he should pay all the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. And they came and told the king. 
And they told the Lord all that was done. And the Lord said uh, that after he called him unto him, you wicked servant, I forgave you of all that debt because you asked me to. Verse 33, shouldest not thou also have compassion on your fellow servant even as I had pity on you? And his Lord was wroth and delivered unto him the tormentors until he should pay all. Everybody say all. All that was owed due unto him or owed unto him. Likewise, my heavenly Father shall do unto you if you from your hearts, everybody say hearts, forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Set the boundary. Lock the doors. Don't let people walk all over you. And I'm not meaning that like the world says it, where they say get your guns ready. And No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you don't have to be a doormat. That's not what the Bible says. Rebuke them, the Bible says. But even if they still trespass, forgive them from your heart. Because if you don't, he brought all that debt. He pulled it up. Imagine that for a moment. This is, Jesus is not telling this as some great parable that just, you know, that, that has no theology in it. This has every bit of theology in it. He's literally telling them, if you don't forgive others, you remember what's under the blood? I'll pull that back up. That debt that I forgave and I erased, you remember that? You remember where you were last month? Ooh. You remember what you did? You remember who you were with? He says, if you don't forgive them of those little petty things, I'll treat it as if you were never forgiven in the first place. Jesus said, that's what the Heavenly Father will do if you don't forgive from your hearts. So what am I teaching tonight? It is a holy habit to forgive people. It's also a very hard habit to forgive people. Let me just help church for a moment. If you plan on living for God, making heaven your home, you need to make forgiveness a daily habit. Sometimes it has to be a multi-day, multi-time-a-day habit where you are forgiving people over and over and over again. Let me talk to all my leaders. Leaders, listen. You're going to be in leadership in this church. You better be very good at forgiving. Because if not, I'll sit you down because you ain't made it. You ain't cut out for that, that portion of leadership. You're going to have to let things go, move on, forgive people. That doesn't mean, again, you're not letting people walk all over you. That's not what I'm talking about. I've already taught that clearly. You set clear boundaries. You remind people of clear boundaries. But you have to be patient with people, long-suffering. You've got to be willing to forbear with people. And you also have to be willing to forgive people. Because if we don't, if we don't, all that other stuff that was in our past comes back on us. I don't know about you, but when I consider how much he forgave me of, you know when people stop forgiving? It's when they stop remembering how forgiven they are. You know when people start getting critical with other people in the church? It's when they forget the pit that God dug them from. This is when people start being rude with other people in the church. This is when people start treating one another as if, as if they're nothing. They lose reverence for the people God has pulled out of darkness into his marvelous light. Ooh, I'm preaching right now. This is where people start just because they forgot of where God really brought them from. They'll see a new person come in, and they'll be critical with that new person because they forget what they were when they first walked in the doors. 
Now, I'm thankful I don't feel that in this church. I feel like God's blessed us with loving people that love people. And I thank God for that. But, but we've got to be careful, church. Because if we forget how forgiven we are, somebody will owe us 100 bucks, And we'll grab them by the throat. And we won't forgive them. When our debt was so great that we couldn't pay it off in all of our lifetime. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. I'm not preaching or teaching what is easy. I'm preaching and teaching what is right. I'm not preaching and teaching to you something that I haven't tried and done my best. I'm not even preaching to you something I've got figured out. I'm working on it. I'm working on forgiveness. It's something I'm learning. It's something I'm growing in. It's something that I will never stop growing in. Hallelujah. It's something we're going to have to continue on in. We're going to have to keep fighting for, working for. God, give us faith to forgive. Lord, I pray, give, give me the love in my heart for other people that even when they wrong me, God, I can forgive them from my heart. Give me the faith to be able to do that, Jesus. I pray, Lord, help me to have the forbearance and the long-suffering and the patience. God, that when I'm dealing with somebody else, God, remind me of how patient you are with me. Remind me of how long-suffering you are with me, God. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And Lord, even if I fail you a million times a day, you still forgive me a million and one. And God, help me to be that same way to other people. It's not always easy. I don't always do it right. But God, if you'll keep forgiving me on my process and journey to learn how to forgive others, I know we'll make it eventually. Church, I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? It might be that you've got something in your mind, somebody in your mind, somebody in your heart that you know they've wronged me, they've hurt me. God, help me to forgive them right now. God, eventually I want to get to the level where I reconcile with them and I have a full-on relationship if they're willing to work at it as well as I am. But, but God, it might just be, Lord, where I, I, I just I let some things go and I stop worrying about certain things and I just... I just let it go, and I, I put it in your hands, and I forgive them so where it will release me, and it will free me, and it will not hurt me anymore, God. Uh, I, I pray, Lord, it might be that I'm in a current, constant closeness with somebody, and they keep rubbing me wrong. God, help me to forbear with them, because that's what you do for me. Come on. Uh, it might be in your marriage. It might be on your job. It might be in the church. Uh, it might be in your family. Uh, it might be uh, It might be an in-law. It, it might be a sister or a brother. It might be a cousin or an uncle or an nephew it might be somebody but you got to say god help me to forgive somebody pray come on hallelujah come on we should forgive because it's right but if we can't forgive because it's right we should forgive because it's required oh somebody pray somebody so forgiving of me it is the least that I can do to forgive somebody else God when I consider what you've done for me everything I've done wrong everything I didn't do right 
It's the least I can do to forgive that person. this building let that be your prayer our desire is to be like Jesus Jesus is the ultimate epitome of forgiveness and that's what I want to be like I want to be like Jesus I want to be like Jesus that while I was yet a sinner Christ died for me God in the midst of their offense in the midst of what they're doing that hurts me in the midst of of, the, of, of, of how I feel in the midst of what they've done wrong to me God I want to forgive them this building come on there's some folks if we were to be honest the Lord is speaking to you right now about some deep rooted unforgiveness come on there's some deep rooted uh, bitterness and offense you're bleeding on people that didn't cut you because you've not forgiven that person if you let it go God will start the healing process God will start the redemptive process Hallelujah, it'll be nothing more than a scar, nothing more than a testimony of what God can do in your life. Hallelujah, come on, let's pray. this building God is delivering people right now as you forgive God's forgiving you as you forgive others God is releasing you of some things hallelujah condemnation's got to go to those that are in Christ Jesus hallelujah those that walk according to his purpose somebody pray Lift our hands all across this building. Let's pray. Come on, forgiveness is not easy, but it's right. They don't deserve it at all times, but it's the right thing to do anyways. And it releases you. It frees you. It delivers you. 
Hallelujah.